G'day and welcome back to another episode of Open for Business. Today on the show, we're talking to Mr. Richard Bell, founder of Business Leaders Group. BLG was founded by Rich and it's a boutique investment and advisory firm based in Sydney that helps companies grow, strategize and drive performance. Rich has had a decorated business career since he left school at just 16 years of age. He's built, invested and consulted to hundreds of companies across the globe. At 25 years old, he was the general manager of the Entourage and he drove that business to become an eight-figure company and still sits as the third largest shareholder. In 2015, Rich was listed in the top three emerging business leaders by Fairfax and AFR, and that led him to launching BLG back in 2016. Personally, we have been working with Rich ourselves to help him drive the growth in our company. It's been a fantastic relationship, and we couldn't recommend him highly enough. So we had to get him onto the episode to uh, to share some of the absolute gold that Rich has from all the experience, knowledge, and skills that he's built up over the past few years. So without any further to do, let's jump straight into the episode. Mr. Richard Bell, thank you for joining us, mate. Hey, not a problem at all. It's, uh, it's actually good to be here, mate. It's, uh, it's nice to be on the other end of the mic, um, and you can ask me some questions today, which I'm actually looking forward to. Mate, super excited, super excited. I'll, uh, it's, it's been great uh, to have been uh, working with yourself now for a little bit. Um, massive changes in, in our business because of that. So I'm keen to kind of dive into that uh, today and uh, hopefully share some, uh, some real uh, great advice with, uh, with our listeners. So, um, mate, first things first, um, can you give us a little bit of uh, your backstory, mate? Uh, who is Richard Bell and, uh, sure. and how did you get started? Sure, let's 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 go. I've I've been very. Uh, this is my thirty uh, ninth uh, either media interview or podcast in the last uh, thirty days. So, mate, I've actually been pretty good at um, at carving this one out. So you'll have a down uh, Look, the the story for me goes. Um, I grew up in a small country town uh, by the name of Margate, uh, which is in uh, is in a small regional town down the bottom of Hobart, Tasmania. Um, for anybody listening, don't judge. Uh, about two and a half thousand people were there um, in Margate, very small town um, in comparison to, to where I live now. Um, beautiful people, beautiful town. My parents divorced. Um, and uh, for me, um, I moved out of home really young, um, didn't have any money or any gifts or grants or anything behind me from, um, from anyone. Um, so I lived in a car um, and uh, lived in a car. Uh, for around about eight months, and I lived on uh, Devon uh, tomato sauce and uh, and uh, and white bread, um, you know, for, for for a long period of time. Uh, and uh, look, for me during that time, um, I can't explain. I guess at the time I didn't understand what was going on, but in hindsight, for me, it was just um, you know I had a I had a vision to be able to build a life for myself that was outside of where I was from um, and, and I guess kind of start over and maybe that as you know as a as a kid that was maybe trying to get away from you know I guess uh, you know what what my life was not that it was bad or anything just with you know divorced parents and um, you know kind of stuff you go through as a kid and I was playing footy at quite a high level and then you know, I, I you know, got over that a little bit I got you know knocked back because I wasn't overly tall I was playing AFL and I just um, I was living in my, in my car and um, and, and look, I didn't really have anything. I uh, got my first job in sales um, when I was 16 and nine months. Um, you know, ba- basically, uh, you know, first real job, obviously throughout high school and things like that. I was uh, working as a, as a dish hand and a, and, a, uh, and a pizza boy and all the other cool stuff you do when you're a kid. 
Um, first real job was in sales, and that was for uh, you know that was for um, uh, a fitness and education business. I did really well. Um, it was funny. It was almost like I'd uh, I'd found something that I could excel at um, that I really loved, um, and they would you know they would pay me to do that. So. Uh, I was, uh, there was about 5,000 sales professionals that worked for that company. It was a global company. Um, and I was ranked in the top five in the world, um, at 18 years old. So, um, they sent me over to London and, uh, I opened up a couple of sales teams for them over there, lived in London for a year and then, uh, and then came back and, um, and, uh, I was the GM, um, of, uh, three of their businesses in the city. So it was, uh, it was fitness first, um, in the, in the fitness game. So, um, I looked after, you know, looked after three of their clubs, uh, in the city. Um, you know, that was responsible for nearly 30 million in revenue, um, about 130 staff at the age of 19. I was the youngest general manager in the company's history. Mm. Um, you know, and then, uh, and then from there, I, I started, I guess, testing, you know, my, my skills and my model. Um, what, what I now call my, my business operating system that I've created um, and uh, got my first executive role, um, which was a national sales and marketing manager. Um, and that was uh, at, at age 20. Um, you know, I was earning a couple hundred grand a year, started investing in property at the same time. Um, but there was all this, always this thing in the back of my head that said, uh, it's going to be time to go out on your own soon um, and play with your own chips on the table. Um, so I did that. Uh, and, uh, you know, I started with something I was comfortable with, um, started a gym, brought the building that that gym is in, um, did really well with that gym. Um, you know, got it to a million dollars in revenue, uh, in its first 12 months. Um, and then I, uh, and then I said, right, I'm going to uh, try it again. So I went into an underperforming, um, gym down the road and I said, Hey, if I can turn your business and double it in the next 12 months, can I have 20% of it? They said yes, uh, so I took uh, I doubled their business in the twelve month period through using my uh, business operating system that I still use today, um, and uh, then I sold that twenty percent back to them, and then I knew it was game on. So started my own consulting and investment firm, which is as we know business leaders group today. Yep. Um, met a guy called Jack Delosa, who uh, who was uh, starting a company called The Entourage. Uh, there was four of us in a shared office in York Street. Uh, I invested uh, basically my life savings at that point, which was $278,000 into that business. I was the GM of that business for three years. We drove that to over 100 staff um, and an eight-figure turnover uh, you know, and to an incredibly high valuation. Um, that, we're still the third largest shareholder of that business today. Um, you know, I guess the entourage was, you know, I guess that, that first home run where, you know, it was like, mm. wow, you know, the, I, I, uh, I have a knack for business. Um, I mean, I used to obsess about annual reports and, you know, stock charts and things like that from a, from a really young age. Um, you know, and I guess that, that got me a seat at the table, um, had a good reputation, had a little bit of, you know, a little bit of financial success at a young age. Uh, and then, you know, for me, that's when business leaders group really come alive. And that's been in the last kind of five or six years where we just you know, kind of ran pretty hard and fast. We had um, unfiltered, which was one of our investments. So if you can imagine like business leaders group is the, the head advisory firm and, and under that, we've got two sides, investment and advisory. So um, we own companies, investing companies, start companies on one side and the other side is, you know, advisory where people pay us to mentor them or sit on their board. So um, we've had unfiltered, which was a, um, a, a business media company out of New Zealand. We took that to New York um, and had an exit in that business. Um, you know, we've had, um, obviously, 
obviously the entourages were still the third largest shareholder of that business. Uh, we've had Fitstop. Um, I'm sure a number of people have heard of Fitstop. So, uh, you know, started that three years ago, January 2017, now up to 80 franchises. I co-founded that business with a guy called Peter Hull. Uh, we did 11, 11 million in revenue in our first two years. Um, you know, we've, uh, we've got a number of investments now. We've got a massage app, which is a tech business now, a marketplace that we've, um, with a, you know, with a controlling shareholder in. Uh, we've got a meditation app uh, that we've invested in on a, on a deal as well. Um, and I've got five or six global companies that, um, you know, that are, that are under our banner that pay us to, to sit on their board. So I guess I've just given you the really short commercial story um, and, uh, and then throw, throw into that story a, a wife and um, three beautiful children, um, 200 flights a year, uh, a lot of pressure, a lot of risk, probably, uh, you know, um, growing up pretty quickly um, to now at 31 where, you know, I've left school 15 years ago. Um, you're now at 31 kind of just sitting and taking stock and going, all right, um, where are we? Um, yep. What yep. have we got? What do we stand for? Who are we? Mm. Um, because only now have I felt like I've had permission to properly go to market because, you know, in terms of from business leaders groups perspective, we've got, you know, the capital to invest. We've got the runs on the board. We've got the assets. We've got the stakes in companies. We've got the board roles um, and we've got the, the business operating system, um, which I've used, you know, which consists of business fundamentals, business performance, business foundations, um, and also business strategy, which is what we use in, in our companies. Right. So it's like only now have I got permission um, I feel to be able to go to market and, and really stand strong based on our results. Um, business leaders groups tagline is, is let results be the book, be the voice. So yep. um, I know I speak really quickly, but that's the, the summary of, I guess, I guess the rich bell story in, um, in five minutes. And I mean, mate, like for, for many people out there, I mean, you know, that, that backstory is, you know, that could be, uh, you know, seen as somebody's entire lifetime's work and a very successful lifetime as well. But obviously, you know, you've just mentioned that, uh, you know, only 31. Um, I just want to go back and quickly touch on where do you think that like natural, um, do you think it was natural, but obviously the 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 sales um, skills and, and talents that you have and the fact that you had a tough, well, what most people would sort of consider a, a tough start in life. Do you think it's just something that's natural? Obviously, you've had so much quote unquote success at a young age. You've got the skills, you've had the experience, and you've built it to the point where it is now. Do you think it's natural? I mean, obviously, you had to yeah, invest in good, yourself. Good, but what, what are good, your good question. I think there's two things there. I think people are born with talents, you know, God given talents, if you want to call that. And I think you've got to develop them. Um, but in terms of, um, you know, I guess um, business and entrepreneurship is definitely a learnt skill, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. like, like I, I reckon I've easily invested between three and four hundred thousand um, dollars, you know, over the last kind of 15 years in different ways um, yeah. of surrounding myself with mentors or jumping on a flight or paying for programs or, um, or you know, or, or, or taking risks or whatever it might be, um, you know, not to mention the thousand books I've read that. But for me, I'm, I don't hang my head on any of that stuff. It's very much from an experience perspective. Mm. But, um, you know, like, sure, I think um, I've always had a natural ability with, with people, I guess. Um, I, you could say that I've got a business brain. Um, but again, I don't think that was born. Like, my dad's in business and he used to kind of talk through this stuff with me, you know, at a very young age. Even if it was something stupid as, hey, can you come in on Saturday and 
sweep the floor for me. Mm. You know, things like that teach you work ethic. They teach you the lessons that you need to know. So I think building a business is absolutely uh, a skill, no question. Mm. Um, But I think you also need to lean into your natural talents, right? So it's like, it's it's a both. You're going to have things that you're naturally... Um, God-given talents, I call them, that you're naturally inspired by things that light you up, lean into them and learn the skill of that. You know, mm. So for me, you could say, okay, I was naturally good at talking to people, but then you combine that with some structure, some skill, some experience, and then you've got a, you know, kind of like a dynamite kind of athlete, right? So mm. um, and I that sounds a bit wanky, but I mean like if you combine passion and talent, with hard work, dedication, commitment of working on a skill, um, which I think building a business is a skill, by the way, no question. It's something you need to learn. Um, very rarely is it kind of just luck. Um, so, you, you know, I, I think for me it was, yeah, there was a couple of things. And this is all in retrospect. It's like I definitely had a yearning inside of me to not stay in the town that I was born in and yep. get out and create my own world. Mm. Um, obviously, I live in Sydney. That was definitely the first point. Yep. And the second point there was I always had this unwavering belief, um, maybe because I'd you know, seen my dad do it or, or, you know, I remember reading Richard Branson's book when I was younger. And um, you know, I remember he started uh, at 15 years old in a phone box cold calling people, trying to get them on with Virgin Records, right? And I, mm. I remember thinking to myself, okay, so it really is a matter of like, if someone, like, if he can do it, like, I can as well. Like, I, I just didn't admire people like that in a way of like, I admired them, but I, I was like, hey, you're still human, as am I, right? So mm-hmm. if you can, you know, if you can start with nothing, then sure, yeah. I can as well. And, you know, as I said, you, you then develop, um, you know, networks and, and, um, and skills along the way. And, um, and, you know, I mean, Hey, I could have been a, a gardener. I don't know. Um, and, and sure, maybe if I would have been good, a good gardener, but it's like, I just nap, had an affinity um, mm. to business, you know, and I'm actually not really married to any kind of products. I mean, you know, or sectors. I, I love fitness, of course, um, mm. you know, but, but I love, the fundamentals i'm i guess i'm what you i'm a fundamental investor i invest in people in in concepts in in positive difference in the world that's where Mm. my kind of spark and passion comes from yeah mate i I love that and is there anything in particular like are there particular resources or ways that you learn i mean you know from leaving school at what 15 and then you know being you know having so much success already sort of by 20 are there particular things that you did? Did you read X amount of books a day? Did you invest in particular no, no, courses? No, I, 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 actually, um, I actually don't believe in like, in order to be successful, you must wake up at 4am. I, mm. I don't believe in, mm. you know, kind of theories like that because yeah. like, I, I think you need routine and I think you need to know what works for you, right? Um, but if, if I could honestly say, there's probably two things. Um, the first thing is uh, I have trained myself to have, an unwavering, um, an unwavering uh, level of importance on results. Yeah. Now, I don't mean that in an aggressive way or, or in a in a transactional way. I mean that in a way of like, if you want to lose weight but you don't quite lose weight, you didn't get the job done. If mm. you want to build a business but you kind of failed halfway, you didn't get the job done. None of this is judgmental. It's just going. Yeah. 
like you can't go to the bank and go, oh, hey, I need, I need a loan, but I don't have the financials, but I really want to have the financials, right? It, it, I just, I discovered at a young age that results matter mm-hmm. and it's not results at all costs, but something in my mind that I've always thought about at anything I've done is the result matters, yeah. like above anything else. Mm. The result is the thing that you like, you know, I remember one of my mentors um, said to me early on in my career, he said, Rich, once the sales results and the company financials are stamped for that month, you can never un- unstamp them. Yeah. Yep. And that just whacked me in the head. I'm like, you know mm. what? Wow. So that's the first thing. Um, it's just so results orientated. Uh, and then the second thing was, um, you know, I, I like in terms of resources, like I guess, you know, back then like YouTube and stuff wasn't as big as it is now. I think, I don't want to be too controversial here, but like, I feel like anyone right now can have a voice. Mm. That's a problem for me because anyone can start a YouTube channel. Anyone can jump online and it's almost like their level of popularity determines how many people listen to to, to them right now. Their level of popularity could be based because they're funny or whatever. And there's nothing wrong with them doing that. But where I get concerned is especially for business people or entrepreneurs or, you know, kind of change makers, who do they take their advice from back when I was, you know, again, I'm not, I hate saying this, I'm not old, but like when I was coming through like 17, 18, 19 years old, there wasn't a lot of this popularity kind of stuff around. So it was really obvious who was doing well and who wasn't. So I used to to seek those people out and have coffees with them, have dinners with them, buy them lunch, follow them around, call them, try and get involved in what they were doing just so that I could learn from them. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and I had people around me who were successful and I trusted them. Right. And, um, that was successful over many years, but right now it's like, Hey, uh, I can start a YouTube channel and become popular because I don't know, I'm good looking or I'm funny or whatever. Suddenly I don't actually have any of the substance or the lessons or the principles. Um, and that's not saying that I don't like everyone to have a voice because I absolutely do. But right now it's very hard to be able to decipher through what is truth and what is just hype, hmm. right? So um, I who's think- got, Who's got the results and who hasn't? Yeah, hmm. yeah, because hmm. uh, you know, it used to be pretty obvious. So, um, you know, hmm. so for me, it's like have a, an unwavering belief um, to get results is the first thing. Surround yourself with the right people and that often in today's world may not be online. Um, go and seek out people to have phone calls with, have coffees with, have like, real genuine relationships where you can get proper advice, not just some pretty stuff on a camera because they've got an Instagram following. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, now people like a Gary V or those sort of guys, sure. They're amazing. They've built phenomenal companies far bigger than my you know, business, but um, you can tell it, Gary's been doing this for 20 years, right? It's, it's genuine. It's there. It's deep. It's authentic. Um, so yeah, just, uh, you know, be, be wary of that. Um, and mate, I guess the third thing is like, something that people don't listen to um, is your own intuition, Mm. like your own heart, your own gut, your own soul, like the thing that is pointing you in your compass of where you want to go. Like there's only so many mentors and I guess things in the world that you can claw at before you have to put the mirror around and go, Hey, what do I want? Mm. And what matters to me? And what's deep inside of me. And once you find that little compass, honestly, it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. Yeah. 
hundred percent. And do you think for, for the majority of people, you know, knowing, you know, having that level of self-awareness and listening to yourself uh, is, is the best way to get results and success in life rather than trying to push through and do something that either you don't really enjoy or you just don't have the heart. Like where does it sort of come between, um, you know, doing something that you love and doing that to the best of your ability, as opposed to trying to do something and just get success. Like, yeah. Well, 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 I think there's a couple of things there. Like, Everyone has shitty days, shitty weeks, shitty years even. You know, like mm-hmm. I love business, but you know, like you have you have crappy years where you're like, mm-hmm. that was a bad year, you know. Yeah. Um, but but you know, um, hey, I would say to that, like fundamentally you should be enjoying what you're doing, you should be loving what you're doing, and, and I think that's a that's a good thing. Um would I stay in a you know dead end job that I didn't like just because it paid good money? Absolutely not. You know, I think that's that's something that's wrong with you know, that's wrong with kind of you know corporate corporate australia so mate yeah find find your passion and and absolutely do your best at that but be results driven by that you know a lot of people when they start um doing their passion they kind of get this soft fluffy approach about you know i want to impact people and i'm really passionate that's awesome by the way i'm i'm very passionate i love impacting people but there's got to be a commercial model there and you've got to drive hard towards your results right it's the same as anything Business doesn't run off, uh, what is it, love, trust, and pixie dust? No, it doesn't. Mm. I wish it did, but it doesn't. <laughs> Mate, transitioning into mindset, uh, like I, I already know that uh, you know and uh, you believe this is a big thing. What, what's some advice around mindset for someone who is either in business or someone who, who wants to get in business or, or find that passion? How important is mindset and what can we do? What's some tips there to, to really elevate our mindset? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, first of all, it's like, um, first of all, I'm, I mean, there's a lot we can talk about here, but I'll start with understanding fundamentally that our mindset can change, you know, mm-hmm. um, like your mindset doesn't have to be the way it is always just because that's how you are or, or whatever. Right. And I think yeah. that's what a lot of people struggle with. They're like, Oh, it's just the way I am. It's the way I was born. I just don't, I don't buy into that. Like mm-hmm. there's enough neuroscience out there now that says you can change the way you think um, you can change what, what your motives are, your value system, et cetera, if you put in the work. So, you know, I think um, the first thing is just understanding that, you know, through neuroplasticity, you can change the way you think um, and change your mindset if you practice enough and if you do the work mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, the, the second thing is, is like, I think people in business, you know, operate out of fear a lot, you know, like oh, fear of not doing this or not doing this, like just be playful and, and creative with it and, and enjoy, um, you know, enjoy what you're doing to, mm-hmm. to some level, you know, um, operate from a premise of, of love and, and enjoy what you're doing and be excited about your clients and your day and what the possibilities look like. Like, don't start, don't, I always say, don't start scared. Yeah. You know, like don't start with this big cloud over your head um, that's that's fear based. You know, um, yeah. yeah. Start, uh, yeah. Start, um, start with 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 enjoying what you're doing and, and enjoying the process. And if you're um, not, be open to change. Like you said, yeah. like, you know, nothing. Yeah, nothing's, of course. Nothing's set in concrete, so do something different. Yeah. Yeah. And then the the next thing on mindset is like, um, you know, like stop buying into your feelings. Like we all get feelings every day, but it doesn't change what you have to do. Like mm. I say, you know, follow your, follow the process as in yeah. like, you know what you've got to do, 
drive through, grind away. It's not always going to be enjoyable. Um, and then, you know, it's like less feelings and, and more process. Like I say, like the less of me I am, the better. Just yeah. like, and I know that sounds kind of weird and spiritual, but it's like just continue on the path, continue on the journey. And as it evolves, you'll start to feel better. But don't yeah. don't start, don't wait to feel good before you start. Yeah, yeah. I like, and you know, making the most of, of our conversation here, I really want to try and um, touch on a couple of things. You know, we, we've gone through your backstory, we've gone through mindset. So I want to try and transition into, uh, you know, we're talking business. So let's try and transition into a, a sales conversation here. Um, you know, you run a very successful investment advisory firm. So that is what you do day in, day out. You've had great success with sales. I can personally vouch for that, that, you know, the, the short time that we've worked together, it's, uh, you know, it's changed things astronomically um, for myself from mindset level and in business and in sales. So what are some key tips for, for business owners around sales um, to increase their success, increase the number of sales they're getting or increase their success uh, from a, from a business revenue point of view? Yeah, yeah, totally. I, you know, I think I'd probably exchange that, that wording to, to growth, right? Like how mm. do you get business growth? I think, um, you know, first of all, uh, I think we need to be looking uh, in, a, in any business, we need to be, you know, really looking at how can we um, access a broader, broader market. So, you know, whether that is, um, you know, through marketing campaigns or, you know, um, through uh, referrals, et cetera, but you've got to get in front of more people. That's a pretty obvious, you know, statement in business, right? You, and whether that's content, whatever that is, like people, need to know about you um, so you know shout from the rooftops and tell people about your business who you are um, why it matters why you're doing what you're doing and then secondly we've, we've got to have a, a structured carved out sales process that actually allows us to convert clients um, you know into into convert leads into clients and that should be a structured systemized way um, that you know really takes someone through a journey uh, and through a funnel um, and I guess the art of selling is getting someone to buy from you so you should be you know you should have some good templates and autoresponders and you know and, and measure how many leads it takes you to get a sale and and I guess get excited about those those processes and um, and those sales processes I think anyone who's doing under a million in revenue should spend 80 to 90% of their time on, on sales and marketing generating activities. That's what you should be obsessing about. Um, you know, so you can get to that first kind of hurdle in business and then from there tweak, refine and iterate your product. Hmm. And f for me, like being uh, involved with family business for, you know, uh, just over a decade, um, and being around small business the majority of my life, I, I know that there's there's such a tendency for business owners to sit back and wait for the sale to come to them, uh, which was exactly the case in you know the businesses that I've been involved with to date, uh, which funnily enough has you know transitioned into my own mindset. Um, but it's it's often the case where you know business can be really tough for people and it can be stressful and it can be hard and not enjoyable. But a lot of the time, would you say that it's because those processes aren't there and totally. it's, kind of, it's kind of a, we're just waiting to see what comes to us. Totally. You know, and, and anytime I speak with, you know, with any business owner, I mean, it's that kind of proactive versus reactive approach. It's like, mm. you know, um, like waiting for sales to walk in the door. Like I just, I don't believe in that, uh, you know, in today's, in today's market, you know, it's like, there's no such thing as kind of standing still anymore. Cause if you're standing still, your competitors are catching up. 
you know, there's someone out there who's, you know, creating a marketing campaign, talking with your customers, um, you know, so in order for you to be able to generate that revenue and, um, and get things systemized, it's like the reason why it's stressful is because you're literally waiting to see who walks in the door rather than going, you know what, I'm in control of what I'm doing. I know that if I need three more customers, I've got to spend this much on marketing. I've got to, you know, go take them through this sales process and you've got a formula to generate revenue. That's far more powerful than hoping someone walks in the door. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And like the majority of, um, you know, small business in particular, like how important is it for a, uh, an SME? So let's, let's go from, you know, uh, your typical cafe to uh, maybe a, a small agency or a manufacturing business. Um, the majority often don't have a sales process. So how important is it in your mind? Does it need to be super detailed or does it just need to be something that you get started with have in place so that you oh, can follow and iterate? Yeah, look, yeah, look, I think it needs to be something that is, you know, that is absolutely um, written down, whether that's mm. super detailed with a hundred steps, you know, that's, that's obviously depending on the level of business, but it's like saying, do we need a process for when our clients pay us? Like, do we need to send our clients an invoice or should we just expect them to drop money in the, in the, in an envelope in the front door one day? Yeah. You know, and like, like that's what it's like saying, right? It's like, so um, yeah, I think absolutely you need to have a sales process. It needs to be documented. And because effectively that is your system for generating revenue. Um, so it's kind of crazy when I go into a business and they say, oh, Rich, can you do a, a business audit based on your business operating system? And I go, yeah, sure. So I do a business audit. And then uh, as I'm doing the business audit, I say, hey, you've got no sales system. They go, oh, yeah. And I said, but your number one problem is you haven't got enough revenue. So those two things to me just don't make any sense. And they're like, oh yeah, good point. When you put it like that, you know, it's just, it's absurd to think that mm. businesses don't have enough revenue, but they also don't have a sales and marketing system. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, so and much. By the way, exchange the word system for recipe or strategy or yeah. whatever. Right? Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think, um, you know, we can often forget that, you know, so much of business comes down to, you know, the mathematics and the, and the unit economics and you can, you can map that out. You can have forecasts, you can have plans and you can have some predictability about that. Uh, the level of success just depends on how hard you push, how many tweaks, how much innovation you do. Totally. Um, yeah. hundred percent. Totally. Right. It's like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, look, I'm by no means saying that a good sales process is going to you know, build you a $10 million mm. company. Mm. What I'm saying is you want to have your sales processes, your marketing systems, your engines built, you know, so that when your brand and your product and everything takes over and you are building a great company that you can actually scale to that next level, you know, not kind of fall over around the million dollars revenue mark where most businesses do. hundred mm. percent. Mate, Given the current situation with the uh, the pandemic that we're we're facing, we've been through. Uh, many people have been uh, displaced. Uh, it's been a, a tough time for a lot of people, but we're we're coming out the other side of things now. Um, do you have any advice for business owners as we sort of transition out of this period? What what are some things that people need to be wary of or, or being proactive with? Yeah, sure. Um, great question, and and absolutely, I do. I think um, first of all, massive love and respect to anyone who's in business. Um, I think you're the backbone of of the economy in Australia, especially. So I've got a huge amount of respect and, and admiration for um, you know for for any small business owner. Um, my advice through this period is look, 
we've had our time to um, you know be be uh, fragile and raw and, and upset about kind of what's going on um, from an economic standpoint. Um, now's the time to bounce back. Now's the time to build. Um, now's now's the time to create your plans. Start investing you know your dollars back into marketing. Um, get your structures and your strategy you know ready to go and start pushing forward. You know, the only way the economy is going to start is, you know, with one business owner at a time going, right, let's go. Now, mm. will business be the same as usual? No. And that's my second point. Be okay for things to be different. Don't try and build your business the same as it was before. Um, things will be different. You know, I was talking with a, um, a restaurant chain the other day and they said, oh, Rich, it's going to be hard because we can't do this. I said, you know, but what you can do is actually this. They're like, oh, yeah, we didn't think about it like that. So, mm. hey, you may not be able to have 400 people in your restaurant, um, but you can have, you know, a hundred people in your restaurant and you might be able to do 300, you know, takeaways with a line around the corner, right? Which means that'll reduce your wages cost, you know, will reduce your electricity cost because you're not having so many people dine in, you know, so start to look at things in a, in a positive way, um, you know, and, and start to look at how things will be moving forward rather than how things were. Great advice, mate. Great advice. Look, um, mate, can you touch on some of the, the non-negotiables that you have or, or the routines that you have in your life, which uh, you, you hold dear and, and believe that are important? Are there some things that you do, some rituals that you can share with us? Yep, I absolutely can. For me, really simple. Um, I need to exercise uh, a minimum of five days a week. That's just a non-negotiable for me. Uh, it, not for my body. It's absolutely for my mental health. Um, mm. and, and my, you know, um, that's a non-negotiable. Exercise five times a week. Um, yeah. Sunday is a day off. That's a non-negotiable for me. And that's normally some sort of spiritual day. So if you go to church, if you meditate, whatever you do, mm -hmm. um, that's what I do on my Sunday. Um, you know, for me, I, I, I fast five days a week. So I don't. Uh, I do an eighteen-hour fast five days a week. Keeps me sharp. Keeps me looking good. Um, you know, keeps my skin fresh, etc. Um, and the body functions better. My body functions better with that um, uh, you know from a sleep perspective um, I don't try and get uh, too much but I don't try and get too too little uh, so for me I'm looking around the six hours a night and that's something that I can sustain um, and and do well uh, meditate three times a week um, so uh, there's a as a um, service I use called solar live uh, seven bucks a week um, live live meditation um, I do that you know, three times a week um, and then you know from a, I mean I don't drink alcohol i don't smoke cigarettes i don't do drugs um you know all that stuff kind of i guess keeps you pretty pretty sharp between the uh between the years what do you do for fun mate to wrap up <laughs> great question um love surfing um so i live in live in sydney in manly beach so um i try to get you know maybe a surf or two in a week um i play golf um and you know love going on kind of family trips prior to covid we were um spending christmas in aspen uh and also heading over to guatemala cuba uh and mexico city so um i'm not sure if that's on the cards now so uh but yeah that's that's what i'd like to do i'm sure it will be in the future mate sure it will be mate uh, where can people find out more about yourself and business leaders group yeah, they can uh, hey, follow me on Instagram if they like, which is what everyone tends to do these days. Rich underscore bell underscore business leader. Uh, or they can check out my website, which is www.businessleaderswithaz.com. Uh, or they can get in touch with me on any other platform. Beautiful. Mr. Richard Bell, thank you very much for your time. Mate, not a problem at all. Thanks for, uh, for your time. It was uh, good to chat. So that's it for another episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. If you love the show, the greatest form of feedback you can give is to leave a review. It helps the show grow. It helps more people find it. And I would really appreciate that. 
head over to anthonygmurphy.com where you'll find all the show notes and links for today's episode. And if you just want to stay up to date with me and see what I'm up to, head over to Instagram, anthonygmurphy, and say day. And I will talk to you in the next episode.